why would you hire a business analyst in the world of agile? So I have a number of product managers that can do this work for me. There are a lot of names. So what's the point? What's the value? People saying we need an agile business analyst. Stop putting agile in front of everything. Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not-so-serious soft serve podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game-changing decisions, wins, walls, and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today. What's up, podcast listeners? Here's your host, Kirillo, and I have here with me Nati Nazar. Hi, Nati. Hi, dear listeners. Let's start by introducing ourselves. Would you like to go first? Sure. So as you mentioned, this is true. My name is Nadia Nazar, and uh, I'm leading business analysis competency at Softrif. And um, my, my dear host today is Karol Lublavsky, who is senior business analyst at Softrif as well. And uh, we're going to have, hopefully, entertaining conversation today. Right. That is correct. And I'm actually really excited about uh, SoftSurf launching this new podcast. I think it's right about time because I've been a fan of podcasts for quite a while now. And how about you, Natty? Do you listen to some podcasts? Actually, um, this is a very nice question because I have difficulty listening to anything that is audio format. And, um, you know, I'm more into visual stuff. So I need videos. I need some, you know, training, some live collaboration. And it's been a challenge for me, you know, you know for, the, for the last couple of years uh, to learn how I can listen effectively to some information and absorb it. Um, so I started with podcasts, um, you know, and I think it's getting better and better. So if you guys, you know, feel like you have a really some problem listening to audio format and you don't memorize stuff and you don't listen to audiobooks because they don't work, you have to read on your own. So try it. Yeah. And there are, you know, easy ways, easy podcasts that you can listen, you know, while doing a lot of other activities and develop your audio memory, um, develop this ability to, to absorb information while listening. This is, this is really cool. So I totally recommend it. Kirilla, right. are there any specific podcasts that you, that you would like to recommend to the audience? Sure. Yeah. Before I do that, I just want to share like another secret to all your podcast listeners who just starting to do that and maybe have some difficulties just as Nati described. The secret to this is just combining listening with some other activity, for example, driving, riding your bicycle, or maybe doing some exercises. I usually listen to podcasts during my morning runs well, I haven't had many <laughs> these days, so <laughs> I'm not, I've not been listening to this to, to podcast for, for quite a while. So instead of that, why don't just record one? But back to your question, one of uh, podcasts that I would like to recommend, and especially it, it's about the business analysis and life around business analysis, is called As a User, I Want to See. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm recommending this podcast is that actually I'm the host of that with my friend Anton and we're like talking about business analysis and in just a really light manner it's not an educational podcast and it's not something which will like inject some knowledge into you really fast but it's just an entertaining uh, entertaining stuff so you can look it up um so I really I really love it so I enjoy listening to that 
and, and definitely I agree with you that you can do that when you're doing your daily routine. And your podcast is probably the only one when I listen more carefully to because I try to <laughs> just try to take some notes, which is kind of weird, um, and repost it. Yeah. So the people would know what's in the every episode and they would be interested to see, you know, how they can, you know, when they can listen to that, doesn't have any swear words <laughs> or, you know. <laughs> Interesting phrases. You know, <laughs> I've learned a couple of interesting phrases from your podcast. I've, I've never known before. Uh, can you recommend some podcasts? Yeah, actually, I've um, recently I've been invited to another podcast, the Joy and Adrian Show. This is a British podcast, and um, they invite you know different people um, in business analysis area, and then they just you know bring up you know some some hot topics. Um, so when I was invited, they were interested in my past about the controversies the BBAs face every day. And uh, we've been talking, you know, about this, you know, you know, how poor BAs are, how they suffer, <laughs> but in a very sarcastic way, of course, because uh, it's not a complaint. Yeah, it's just the reality that that we live in. You guys have to go to 168.fm. That's the website where they post their podcasts or visit Kirillos on my LinkedIn page for the relevant link. Uh, I'd like to recommend just another one, uh, which is done by some uh, designers. Uh, one of them works in SoftServe and the other one, I think not. And it, uh, it is also in Russian. It's called Twice Per Night. And they talk about design, design work, how you become a designer, what, what's, what's good design about, how, how do you evaluate the design and all that kind of stuff. And it's also kind of fun and, uh, you know, light mannered. And I like to listen to that. There was another one, the innovation show. So I've come across this uh, podcast a couple of years ago. And when I was actually working on, on one presentation about innovation and business analysis, and I came across it and I found it really interesting. It has very short episodes as well, and it's more about the, you know, ideas and disruption, transformation, future, you know, some futuristic stuff. So this, this podcast is not specified for some specific group of people, for some niche, yeah, like, for example, you know, podcasts and business analysis are more relevant to business analysts or people who are interested in that. But those innovation show that it's more, you know, it has a broader audience and they cover, you know, more broad topics. Let's proceed with our topic. So what we're going to talk about today is, uh, is actually business analysis. Surprise, surprise. And the topic that we chose for today's discussion is the value of business analysts or business analysis. And uh, what led us to that discussion is actually one of your posts, Natty. So you've uh -huh. been doing a lot of posting in LinkedIn and you're quite a popular blogger i would say there if it's if it's the if it's a correct term so you did a post like one month ago which got like around twelve thousand views and a lot of reactions and actually what you said there you, you you've asked the audience like why would you hire a business analyst in the world of agile with uh, self-organized teams useless documentations quote unquote and uh, other stuff like and Actually, it got like really a lot of reactions from from LinkedIn uh, subscribers, and uh, I th I think that is a very interesting topic to talk about. And let let let's start by just asking you, Natty, why did you ask that question? What what drove you to that? 
Yeah, everything happens for a reason, right? I can't tell you the exact reason why I was doing that. But but yeah, if you guys need some, you know, traction or adoption of your products, you can call me in. Um, I think I know how to do that, at least in LinkedIn. So yeah, I, I like to bring some, you know, um, controversial topics on LinkedIn and just to see what people think and, um, you know, what context they work in to gather some information. Every time I do that, I just don't do that for fun, though there is a fun element to that. But um, typically, I'm collecting the data for something, you know, for some presentation, you know, or I have some doubts, I have some thoughts, and I want to see how the global society can help me with that. So I had concerns about the business analysis value. There were a lot of names in the in the IT industry. So people call themselves product managers, product owners, you know, business analyst system. So right. there are so many names. And sometimes when you deep dive into, you know, every case, you would see that they have a lot of work they do in common. And I just wonder, you know, at that time when I posted that, I wondered if that's something you know, that it depends on a human, what we know, what, the, what we know, what we've learned, we're trying to implement it in our work, or is it connected to the title that you have? So is there some, you know, list of responsibilities? And another thing I was interested in, everybody speaks agile and everybody understands it again, you know, the way they want to understand it and the way they want to apply it, not always the way it should be applied. When you, when you talk to clients, when you talk to, um, you know, different people, they may ask you why, you know, why would I hire a business analyst? So I have, you know, a, a, a number of product managers that can do this work for me. So what's the point? What's the value? What's the difference? And uh, I had this, you know, questions. Um, and I just wanted to figure out if it's just my case when I don't understand what's going on, or maybe people, you know, they went through the same and they can share their feedback. So they shared a lot of interesting um, ideas, actually. Yeah, and, and you think again. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, the the problem like we're facing and the business is facing from time to time is actually explaining the value of business analysts to a client who have been doing uh, his like projects, his uh, business without actually a position called business analyst in his crew. And mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to explain. You know, uh, he has this position like. I've I've been doing quite fine without the business analyst. Why do I need one? And I think that is a really hot topic right now, and as it has been like for for quite a while, because that is a challenge that we are facing as a as a company as well. And I think you would agree with me. Like maybe like five years ago, there were much less business analysts uh, on the project that SoftServe uh, SoftServe had. And now the amount of business analysts are growing, but still we have like maybe like 50% of our projects, they still don't have business analysts there working. Right. Very important is how to, to position this uh, need or, or like validate the need of the business analyst at the project. What, what, I've, what I've learned from my experience and after having this, um, you know, chat with people on LinkedIn, so I had a, a round of, 11,000 reviews and I have, you know, tons of comments on that. What I, what I understood, it's, it's, it's like, you know, LinkedIn pause helped me to, to prove what I had in my mind mm -hmm. is that there are things like competency. So there are things like there is some kind of profession or discipline that uh, you can learn about. You can read some books about, you can learn some best practices. There are people 
who have titles or positions and they're developed by companies for some reason, for career maps, for, you know, some organizational need to understand who is who, who does what, right? Every company has its own different flavor. So the same position title, you know, in different connotations might have a different meaning. And, um, and also, if you will try to, uh, to compare, you know, those things between companies, you would see that there is no um, gold, gold, golden middle. This is how we call it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, things might, might come different, yeah? If you talk about business analysis, there might be companies that, you know, has a lot of business analysis, but none of them, none of the people doing business analysis is called a business analyst. Or a lot of companies might have business analysts who actually work and do more than just business analysis, yeah? In some companies, there might be product managers who do everything, including business analysis. And when you're trying to do a whole work between all of those different participants, what is what, you will not come, you will not come to some, you know, um, conclusion and you will not, you know, come up, uh, you know, with something that will satisfy all the parties. So what you have to do is to position your service, yeah? Yes, as a company, you have a service. Let's name it business analysis, but we need to show what value it brings why it's introduced to, to every project if, um, and build some awareness what it means in our context. What are we talking about, right? Right. So that's what I've learned. And those different hybrids versions and contexts, you know, they are everywhere. And uh, my, you know, my way of thinking is that you will never find, uh, you know, commonalities that will satisfy everybody and everybody will agree. Yes, this is what business analysis means. This is what business analyst is for. So it will never happen. It just, it, it's, it's just life. Does the name really matter? Because, you know, it's, it's just what, what you just said is really hits me right in the heart because if you, if you remember, uh, we had this argument uh, online recently about like what's to be called a product owner. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this article where I was uh, saying that I've been doing some product owner work and there were some people in, in comments saying, no, it's not product owner. Product owner is the one who works with the Scrum team. Uh, he's, he's the one who like, uh, you know, works in Scrum environment and you're, you're not a product owner because there was no Scrum there. Right. And that's absolute nonsense because, I mean, and, and what I've uh, also heard is that term called agile business analyst and opposite to the just business analyst, like people saying we need an agile business analyst. But what is the difference? Is there, is there any? Yeah, so titles, titles are evil, right? And um, there are people that would follow the book <laughs> and some, you know, and some very formal explanation to any process uh, that you can incorporate in the, in the company or in the project. Um, I'm not like that. So true business analysts, they always deep dive into the context, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, do the names matter? This is, that was the first part of your question. They right. probably do. It depends, uh, you know, how to look at that. When I see, you know, the way our company is organized, I understand that, you know, titles really matter because this is your position inside of the company. This is an understanding in this culture that we have, who you are, what you do, and how can you grow? What's your career map? What's your next step, right? Mm-hmm. This is very important. This is, 
self-realization. This is a, some realization in the context of the entire, you know, company is like a huge, uh, not, not a huge, it's probably like, like a society of people who are organized in some specific way, you know, and they have, have their own processes, they have their own ambitions, and we need to know, you know, the names, we need to know the titles, we need to know the, the model we live in, right? Is it important to the outer world? Yeah, is it important to other companies we work with or we partner with or, you know, um, we compete with on the market? It's mm -hmm. questionable, yeah? I think when we position ourselves, you know, to the outer world, we need to speak in the language of values, in the language of services. We offer something that fixes some problem and brings some value to the end user, to whoever, you know, buys this service. How is it, it should be named in a way that is clear to the parties involved into that, yeah? So those people who want to solve a problem together and, um, you know, and be clear about what they're speaking, they need to have this common language, they need mm -hmm. to come up with a name that is, you know, suitable, right? So there are world-knowing services that are pretty much self-explanatory, um, you know, but when we have this, you know, uh, misunderstanding about business analysis or whatever, you know, other things, we need to find the common language to explain that in terms of values and in terms of the service offering, right? So this is one thing. Another thing, um, uh, would you put agile in front of a, if, in front of a name? What, what would it change? Yeah. So if this common language with the client, uh, or with whoever is using your service is needed, this is how they understand what that role or that person or that service will be doing, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can put, you know, you can put whatever you want in front of it, you know, as many buzzwords as you want. <laughs> uh, but when you are establishing a competence inside of your company, calling, you know, a selecting group of people inside of VA community and calling them, those are agile VAs, you know, those are <laughs> non-agile, those are waterfall VAs. Does it really make sense? No, because a business analyst can work in different um, frameworks and different using different methodologies. You know, they can do the long planning. They can do this adaptive approach. So if you would read B.A. Bach or any other literature, you would see that. So they need to be able to survive in any context. It's just a matter of the process. It doesn't mean anything to any business analyst. And that was a very nice comment under this post that you've referred to is that stop, there was a person who was really irritated, you know, by people calling these <laughs> agile BAs, like stop putting agile in front of everything. It doesn't make sense. So it means in this professional community, it doesn't really make sense. But when you're doing an offering to your client, it might make sense because this might be this common language that is clear to all of the parties. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And I completely agree with you. We've touched upon a very important uh, topic here, which I would call like expectation management, because what you're talking about is, is really expectation management. Uh, when when uh, you're called a certain way, like let's say a business analyst within a certain organization, inside the organization, everyone's aware or at least supposed to be aware of what what's your role, what's your responsibilities, what are you doing? But when you go outside of, uh, of a company and go into the client and you say, okay, I'm a business analyst, you have no idea what, what the client knows about what business analysis is. So it's very important to have a clear expectation management. And let's maybe try to, to work out an example. So uh, referring to your statement, 
on uh, saying that you need to specify the services that you provide. So how would you position, let's say, a, a business analyst outside of the company, just, just you know, arriving to a meeting with a client and uh, saying, look, this is a business analyst. He is supposed to do this and this and this. So what would you tell a client about the services that the business analyst should do on the, on the project? Every time it would be something different, yeah, depending who, who am I talking to or what, what, what are we trying to solve, yeah? So the way I would position, you know, this, this role would, would, would be different. So I try to incorporate the context into that. The thing I always, you know, highlight is that, you know, you can develop whatever you want. You can have some ideas, but there are some key problems that a client or his team might not it's not a good way to say, to say might not do that properly, but probably might not have enough of time to think about that. And this is, do you have an idea that you struggle for and try to implement? Or are you really solving, you know, your end users problems and what those problems are? What is the business and what value you want to get as a business out of it? And how do you do that? How do you measure your success if you reach it or not? Mm -hmm. And since you have just an idea, which is not properly outlined, how do you control scope? Yeah. So what is your scope of work? How do you distinguish what is an MVP? How do you distinguish if you have done enough, you know, um, of analysis of the different details and um, different constraints and dependencies? So and trying to put those and many other questions to understand where the client is in this journey. And I have kind of a, some timeline in my head, the maturity timeline. So what would be the potential risks that they haven't thought of and how BA or a business analysis in general can help solve those risks. But scope creep is a very strong point. Um, you know, control of the processes is a very strong point. And this collaboration and alignment of different groups of stakeholders I mean, the dev team or, you know, the business team or, you know, the, the end users or, you know, the, the buyer and user persona who's going to work with this, mm -hmm. whatever we develop the solution, they need all to be in this, on the same page. And we need to constantly understand what are the problems that we solve with the next release, some of their problems, are they happy with it or not? And you do this, you know, constant iterative analysis, validation, verification, and whatever. And this is what you work with. And if there is no one responsible on the client side to do that, or people mm -hmm. like time, it's better to introduce business analysis. That's my personal view. You know, people might, you know, judge me or, you know, um, say something different, how they would do that. But this is the strong point that I see. So I will, I will, I will summarize. Stakeholders alignment, yeah, this constant iterative validation, verification, confirmation, and analysis. So they, they never stop. So you always find something new to that. And you need to be flexible enough. It's not about agile, just flexible enough to implement the change once it's needed and has a business value. And you need to do that because it's going to prove success to all of the parties. You need to understand and outline the scope. And you need to control the scope so that we will not, you know, deep dive into implementing wish lists and different ideas that have no limitations and borders because we will end up with not delivering the value timely to the clients. And processes, yeah, so there is some process to that and which you need to incorporate, you know, requirements, lifecycle management process, communication process. So there are many things. One of the clients I've been talking to 
they didn't understand that the role of the BA is also to, you know, be on top of all of these processes. And he was really happy that he, that he can do some little organizational work inside of the team so that, you know, people mm-hmm. will run in the same direction, not in different, and uh, that BA could help with that. So, yeah, they can. And uh, what I would add to that maybe is just to say that, you know, there's, there's always a business analysis going on on the project, whether you have a business analyst or not, someone is doing that. And uh, the way to maybe position a business analysis to a client is to say that, would you want someone uh, who is specifically trained for that job doing that job? Or would you trust that to just someone who is doing that like as a part-time thing? I mean, you wouldn't want, uh, I don't know, a, a project manager to also write the code, right, for, for your project because it's not his job. And he he may also he may he may do that. You know, he can learn how to do that. But it's better to trust the job to someone who who is really trained and, and proven uh, of of a quality for that job. So it's the same thing with business uh, analysts. You cannot have a project without you know analyzing a business need and just you know because projects they are not happening just just for the sake of uh, happening. At least most of them don't. And uh, it's always about solving some problem. It's always about uh, unleashing an opportunity or something. There is always a business analysis involved, even though it's, there is no business analyst or a person uh, named as business analyst in that role. The other thing I was thinking about, like, is it maybe a cultural thing? Because you know, uh, there was an interesting fact also mentioned in comments to your post in LinkedIn saying that there are like tons of companies in uh, Israel, tons of IT companies, but there's almost no BA vacancies. And it seems that the reason for that is that uh, there are most of the companies, they're product companies and they're not looking for business analysts, but rather looking for data analysts, business intelligence uh, analysts and like product analysts. And what that that like kind of brought me to thinking is business analyst is more like an outsource only term what do you reckon i don't know so there is some cultural aspect i didn't do any research so i can you know be very subjective in what i'm going to say right now um you know based on you know a couple of conversations i had on linkedin and um and and, and life with different people from all over the world is that there are countries that are very maybe countries, maybe there are some cultures in some specific cities. Yeah, it's not always about the whole country. That they have, you know, this development boost and technological development boost. And um, they're very entrepreneur. They, you know, they are on the top of the, any hype that you can see on the, on the market of, you know, IT or advanced technologies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think when, once they open some vacancies and they're looking for people, they want to be pretty straightforward what they are looking for. So business analysis is a very, something very broad. And if you would call a person business analyst, it might be so many things to add and it might be nothing to add. Yeah. So it depends. And I think they want to be so precise who they are looking for that they depict it in their vacancies. So most likely when they're looking for data analysts, they uh, have projects related to, I don't know, building data strategies. They have some data products, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all around big data, data science, some, you know, general terms. 
and they're looking for a person who can work in that environment and they would understand the context and domain. Basically, the person will be doing everything that is probably explained in VABOC, but within that context. The same applies to business intelligence. The same applies to, you know, agile. Maybe there are companies that <laughs> focus only on the agile projects and this is what they offer. I don't know. So we need to do a research and analyze it to be, you know, to be precise in what we're saying. But this is purely my subjective thought. And um, Israel or United States, especially the Silicon Valley area. So they're very entrepreneur and uh, they do, you know, hype things. They do, they do the top-notch, uh, you know, technological projects and they don't care about this, you know, all the war in different competencies. So they're just looking for what they want and they need, they have no time to think a lot about that. They need to do quickly because the competition is, you know, the competition is, you know, heavy and you didn't, you didn't have time, you know, just to look around. You just need to do, to deliver everything quickly. Right. Um, and <clears throat> what those terms like business analysis or whatever they treat as something, this is what I've experienced, um, you know, on my own, they treat it as, as something that was typical in the past. Yeah. So when we talk about big corporations that employ, you know, thousands of people, they have a lot of internal projects to support their infrastructure to, you mm -hmm. know, be able to operate. They would have those huge IT departments and most likely BAs are associated with BAs who work in those internal IT departments to solve internal problems. Right. Because in the past, we lived in the world of those huge corporations. You know, now, now times are different, you know. We talk about startups, we talk about serial startups, we talk about, you know, smaller size companies that have a very different concept. Even if they become huge as Google, they still incorporate those, uh, you know, entrepreneur practices, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there are some names that are not, uh, you know, maybe culturally acceptable to that environment. But that's my personal judgment and thinking. I don't know. I need to do research on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting thought, actually. And I was thinking uh, when you, I mean, you said that we're entrepreneur like a couple of times. And I was thinking, do we have the same in Ukraine? Like, I mean, my thoughts on that are rather not yet is that from from my perspective is that uh, ukrainian especially outsource world is a bit different and what we usually associate with the word business analyst is actually a requirements manager and it's actually only about requirements do you feel the same way partially so there are a lot of cases when we when it companies they offer you know a person the outstaff a person who can do some specific work. And typically they work on, you know, if we talk about requirements management in general, they, they work on, you know, documentation and they are a part of some, you know, awesome other teams. So they serve the team, but this is changing, I think. And um, in my comp in our company, actually, Carilla, we work in the same company. BAs can do very different work. So they work on solutions. They work on, you know, building something from scratch to our clients, you know, they become open to their end users. They become open to, um, you know, to the market. So they, they just don't do what they are told to do. They analyze the whole context inside in and outside out to understand what solution will bring value to the client. And, and clients trust us that we have 
enough competency and we have enough expertise to do that for them. It, it, it depends. I think you need, to, you need to grow. And this is an evolution we go through, yeah? So outsource, um, you know, out stuff was, the, was and still is a big part of, of the business in Ukraine. And uh, this, is, this is normal, yeah? But projects become different. The trust is built. And, um, you know, the tasks we work on, they become different. I'm not saying this is changing 100% for everybody, but this, this becomes visible. So I would I would not say it the way you said to be honest. Yeah, I was I was rather talking about the expectations, like from the market, from the employees, and uh, most of the companies. But I definitely agree that the BA is, is much more than a, just a requirements manager. And actually, to that point, I remember uh, just just a few days ago, me and my friend were like discussing a, a test task from one of the companies for a business analyst and there was like a setup there that you are approached by the sales manager and he asks you to attend the meeting with like a potential client product owner and the sponsor of, of a certain medical institution and what what they want you as part of that task is to prepare 10 questions in order to understand uh, the scope of work and you know to 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 prepare the eventually to prepare a proposal for for the client and we were just you know chatting and um, thinking what what types of questions we would ask and then when we were done we just looked back at those questions and we realized that we haven't asked anything about any type of functionality so the the questions we were asking were basically around like why do you think that that solution will uh, solve your problems. What are the problems? What are the measures of success? And all the all the questions were basically around the business, and almost nothing was around actual functionality. And that was uh, for me was a good sign because uh, this is what what we should uh, what the BA should do is actually solve problems that that business has, and even though the business doesn't know about that, and the usual thing that we as BAs also uh, stumble upon is that clients, they don't talk, usually they don't talk problems. They, they talk solutions, right? They, they already have some solutions in their mind and this is what they bring to the table. And the first expectation is that you're just going to take that solution and, uh, you know, work with that. And when you're, you know, tackling the problem and doing the root cause analysis and then uh, suggesting something which is rather more uh, or a better solution to the actual problem that a client had, which even he may not have realized, there is where the, the actual value of a business analyst uh, turn up. Wouldn't you agree? I do. I do agree. This is cool. And the, the experience you shared is really cool. Speaking about also about um, the, the skills that the business analyst should or may possess, is it important for a business analyst to have some technical skills like what I've seen in some vacancies, like, for example, SQL knowledge, JSON, database knowledge? And that's uh, kind of stuff. Do you think that is important for business analysts in, in this day and age? I think self-development and, you know, personal, professional evolution is important to everybody these days, yeah? Because 
the world is changing so quickly, so fast that you need to, you know, to keep up with this uh, speed. You need to keep up with the competition you have on the market yet, because we compete every day with everybody, even you and I, right? <laughs> I don't mean literal, <laughs> literally, but um, you know, in 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 general. Um, so it all it it all depends. So there is no answer yes or no to your question. Um, it all depends what I would say. Um, what we do in our company, we try to understand types of projects that are very common right now um, and uh, what expertise BAs might need, extra expertise yet, yeah, to bring more value to our clients. Um, so we might speak about, you know, the data projects, we might, right. we might speak about process, business process oriented projects, you know, and we try to develop those minor bits and pieces to add up to the BA role. So we call it T-shaped model. And, um, Nadia Troop, who works in my team, she's, you know, she's possessed with that and she really created this model and she, she's super smart. She's a mega mind, I would say. And, uh, um, what, what she developed is that we have this core competence in business analysis. So we understand, you know, the process, you know, the, the depths of analysis, the ways to analyze different stuff. But she adds this kind of like shoulder. So you might be BA who is a generalist. You might be BA who is focused on different business solutions and systems like CRM, Salesforce, whatever. You might be focused on data projects. So you need to understand. It's like in the past there was you know, a domain expertise was treated as a business domain expertise, mm -hmm. healthcare, fintech, whatever. Now right. it has a technical flavor. So you might have an expertise in some technology. You might have some expertise in some types of projects and so on and so forth. So if a BA has this tendency to work on super high-tech projects and they need to understand all of the technical details in order to support the team because this is the value we bring to a specific project or a client, then they should learn it and there should be someone who can help them with that to, you know, to teach them. It should be applicable to everybody. I don't think so. There, there might be BAs who have very strong domain expertise in, you know, in the mentioned uh, healthcare or fintech, and they can talk the same language with the client. There might be super technical BAs who can work for, you know, technical companies, technical clients, and they can speak the common language by understanding, you know, what a data, you know, data strategy is, or data mm -hmm. infrastructure, whatever you call it. I'm sorry, whoever will be listening to that, if I, you know, use the terms that in a proper way. Uh, I'm not that VA, yeah, <laughs> more generalist. Um, so, so it depends, yeah. And um, I think the role of centers of excellence, like the one you know I'm running, is to understand the trend, to understand this tendency, to understand what types of BAs you know can uh, you know deep dive into something very specific and provide them with this knowledge so if we would need a technical BA we would have a technical BA and I should know and you should know how to make that happen and how to achieve that so that would mm -hmm. be my answer to that um, in general I don't think you know everyone called a business analyst and taking IABA certification need to be technical or non-technical so there is no one answer to this question Right. And I, I, the thing I was, uh, you know, thinking about uh, that is uh, there is this like internal conflict, I would say, uh, at least from my perspective, because I'm also I'm not that kind of business analyst who would go and want to dive deep into a certain domain, like for 10 years, let's say, I, I don't uh, feel uh, 
comfortable in that situation because I would want uh, to work in different domains and uh, domains and you know understand different businesses and have projects in different businesses and thankfully we here in Subsurf we have a lot of projects and there's a lot of you know a lot of things to choose from and a lot of domains to choose from and this is what I really like to do is to try myself uh, and in, in, invest my my uh, talents in uh, different domains but what client usually expects and wants and he says that he wants like a domain knowledge from a business analyst in the in the domain that his company or his business operates in and here's like this this like clash or conflict and what i try to to do is when you know as bas we have this client interviews we, we client like to, to to be introduced to to a future uh let's say employee or a future like consultant to to make sure if he wants to work with this person and whenever there is a question regarding domain knowledge i'm i'm trying to to pull stuff out from my previous experience and saying okay i don't have domain knowledge in this particular area but i work with projects like this like this like this which also have all the parts that you actually need to be successful in the domain knowledge uh, in in that exact uh, like domain that that you're working in and i and truly i don't think the client really needs a domain expert because he is a domain expert he he has some domain experts working for that i would recommend to to be more diverse in in that whole domain thing and not to try to be like an expert in healthcare which you really can, cannot be if you're not really into that business for like 20 years um you live in a house right this is your daily you know living so you need to understand where the water comes from and electricity and in case of any you know emergency you need to understand where to call and how to fix it right you don't need to understand all of the specifics you know of the all of the wires this you will not do that but you need to be able to identify the problem and call in the service who can help you with that so that's the same for a ba they need to understand the context and how things operate in enough detail to be to be able to spot identify a problem identify a solution and come up with the solution as early as possible you know and bring some value so this is how much you need to deep dive into anything you work with if you work in software development or you work in in some specific business domain there might be bas who work only in healthcare yeah so they they need to understand the uh, the terms they need to understand what a meaningful use is right they need to understand mm -hmm. what hl7 uh, you know standard is and there are a bunch of other, what is hipaa so there are you know things that they have to grasp and they need to be aware of because it it's needed for them to define all the assumptions limitations constraints dependency and any uh, many other things that help them build the scope and control the scope because this is an, an important thing for a va to work on uh, so also speaking about soft serve uh, we have a lot of bas working uh, in soft serve with uh, different domains different projects all sorts of clients from the from your position you probably have an overview around all of that uh department yeah and like what do you think are the like the trends inside the company which we maybe can uh like map to a 
Ukrainian or global trends even that you may may know of and you want to bring up? I mean, trends like trends, positive trends for BA to grow or negative trends? I mean, both. I mean, just, just <laughs> what are the trends? Uh, yeah. In terms of our company, we're growing. Uh, we're growing super fast and, um, you know, Sometimes it's even difficult for newcomers to, you know, to quickly understand the context we work in and how many, you know, um, departments we have and where you can, you know, look for uh, some help or find some information. So there is sometimes difficulty for the newcomers with that. So what I've, what I've faced um, from another negative, negative, maybe neutral perspective is that uh, when it comes to business analysis, sometimes it's hard for the project leaders to probably position um, this competency and the role of such a person inside of the team. And um, actually what, what they face is what I've mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, um, to explain the service offering and the value. Yeah. So what we bring to the table. And often I come and explain that we need to analyze what is the problem that we're trying to solve and why business analysis can help solve that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you need to deep dive, you need to analyze. It's not like you can send over one pager, you know, to the client, look, this is a VA we need it. It doesn't work like this, yeah? So why should we introduce it? What is the, what is the idea? What problem are we trying to solve? So this is, this is the thing that I've noticed. From the perspective of, you know, how BAs can grow, Thanks God, we live in the world that is super, becomes super, all became and still is becoming super high tech and technologies change, new businesses arise and you, and you need someone who can, you know, who can analyze and do a lot of research to help your business grow as, as quickly as possible. And very often clients, they miss someone inside of their teams to focus on that and they ask more and more for this help. So can you help me research what is the competition like? Can you help me research if we're solving a proper problem? Can you, can you research and help me find what my buyer persona is thinking yeah, or user persona is thinking? Or can you help me understand if we actually focus on a problem, not on just our you know, crazy idea we come up at night? So they need BAs for that and they, 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 they understand that they need for that. And I think a good sign is that when I entered the company six and a half years ago, we had, we had like 15 BAs. Now we have around 300. And, uh, you know, the, the potential is huge. We just, we just, you know, we just need, we just need more BAs. We just need to grow them. <laughs> you know, people, <laughs> why don't you become BAs? Um, that's, that's a very nice profession, I think. Occupation. I absolutely agree with you. And just, you know, you mentioned the solution and I cannot uh, go <laughs> without like mentioning the story. I, I remember you were, you were saying that I think it's something from your own experience. And I really love this story. And I use, uh, used to, you know, tell the story to, uh, during some uh, public speaking or some trainings because it's, it really... Uh, describes how the solution can be found. And I think I can start and then maybe you can help me with that. So is, is, remember you were saying like there was some, some uh, project, uh, I think it was an oil and gas client. There was some 
a problem with uh, analysts who were working for the client and they were like doing uh, their, their, their work really slowly. So they were like uh, really slow <laughs> workers. And the client uh, was thinking that the problem is around the Excels. They had like a, a huge number of Excels that they had to work with. And the analyst, yeah, and the solution, of course, which client as well brought to the table was we need a faster Excel. Yeah, I do remember. I do remember <laughs> that story. It's, it's uh, you know, it was, a, you know, quite an interesting part of my life to be in there. And uh, one of the best experiences I had, to be honest. Um, so the analysts were not working. So it was perceived by the management they were working slowly, but they were almost dying. And um, nobody could understand what the problem is to that. So they used, you know, huge Excel spreadsheets. Uh, they used... They had a lot of communication channels and they had very huge problem with data reconciliations. So they were getting the same data from multiple resources and they had to uh, compare if it's valid and find the true <laughs> data. <laughs> it was so insane. And, um, you know, at first the, you know, when this company involved us, they were like, we are not experts in that domain and it's specifics of work. So how can we find anything But we found? And the very huge, pro so there was a problem with the process around that, with the tool set, of course, with those spreadsheets. Spreadsheet is always a problem, but maybe not. Maybe we're just trying to solve a spreadsheet, but we should not even focus on that because that, that's going to live forever. Um, the problem was in the culture. And uh, the culture was that, you know, the analysts are people, you know, who could do tons of work and nobody cared, nobody measured how much they did and how they did it. So it was absolutely manual process. And when the business would be, you know, um, you know, the business they've been working in, you know, it scaled at one point of time, you know, to three times bigger. And, but the amount of analysts was the same and the amount of work was three times bigger but the amount of analysts was the same. And the tools they were working with were, you know, I, I think those are not, I cannot even call those the tools. Those were not tools, but obstacles to do an effective work. And um, that's why they were dying and they were eager to leave the company instead of, you know, fighting the situation. So what we did with our consultant is that we brought that up. Like, look guys, this is the culture. So those guys, they receive tons of data from multiple resources, and this data is not consistent. Why? <laughs> we need to deep dive into that. Um, you send them so many emails. They have so many, so much, you know, communication channels, but you don't understand how much time they need to spend on this data reconciliation. So what would you do that? Why don't you, you know, bring some structure to the daily activities and tasks so that they would accomplish the most important things? first and you know a number of things like that so we came up with you know huge report and recommendations what to do and they were like they were shocked yeah so how did you found that we like we just you know observed to people uh we tried to you know empathize we tried to understand and their context and what the work was how the work was what is their daily process and just show it to you so that I would understand the pains they go through every day. The best part, in my opinion, from that story was that you've observed that the people, this analyst, they, they work in the same room with traders, right? Who always 
come up to their tables and ask some stuff from this yeah. analyst and they constantly are distracted like each yeah. and every minute they they have to answer some questions and they have to pull up their like spreadsheets that's what, that's what i call the multiple communication channels <laughs> yeah, exactly but but the solution to that problem was amazing you just yeah the suggestion was just sit them in a different room imagine how much money client wanted to spend on the solution what he brought to the table and how cheap the solution could be all right so i think we're we're out of time unfortunately i mean we could we could uh, just proceed with this talk i think for for a whole day because it's such a broad subject but uh, the time is the essence and we're we're really limited in that so uh, do you want to say some something in a conclusion, just just to summarize what we talked about this whole hour? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's do a summary. Yeah. All right. So the first thing that we come up to is that the name of the position is really not important, right? The the title of the position is is not really important. What what is important is the services that you provide and the way you position them for the client. You wanna to go to the second point? Yeah, I think you've mentioned that there might be projects without business analysis and it doesn't really matter who's doing that, but you know, the, the discipline and the approach, they should exist. Exactly, and uh, yeah, and also I think just as a, a additional point that we've just come to, the solution may come uh, come in really uh, unexpected forms and you should always be ready to serve your clients with the best solution uh, possible for their situation and uh, it, it may be even in like sitting some people in a different room or reorganizing some minor processes in the company not necessarily should go through some IT enhancement even though it, it, it in most cases it does right and in order to come to such you know simple and cheap and you know straightforward solutions you need someone to deep dive and analyze because it's not something that is on a surface and you need to understand the whole context and analyze a lot of data to come up to this so it's simple but it's not you know you cannot find it easy thanks for listening guys i hope you had fun uh we definitely did and uh, yeah just just Maybe type some comments to us if you like that podcast or not. Or you would like to, uh, you know, to discuss maybe some items that you don't agree with. So we would be more than happy to, you know, have a chat confrontation. Yeah, and don't, don't forget to subscribe to Nati's LinkedIn. There are a lot of controversial posts there that you can comment on and start a holy war in comments. Yeah, and don't forget to follow Kirilla and his podcast. Thank you and, uh, you know, have fun. Bye-bye.